0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in
1: Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big Noon Sports, featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and Matt Coulter, a former Alabama broadcaster of the year and longtime media personality. Here's Lars and Matt.
2: Welcome into Big Noon Sports on, yes, another smoky, well, it's a Tuesday, right? Another summer in the South. That's what we get for living here, and I wouldn't be anywhere else in the world. I hope everyone is okay today. All set to uh jump in today and talk about Home Run Derby last night and looking forward to the Major League All-Star game tonight and talk about some of the other things that are going on in the positive world of sports, but... No, we just can't do that. Um, it starts in Chicago and goes all the way through Tuscaloosa, Alabama, as far as problems with coaches. Uh Pat Fitzgerald, we talked in depth about the Wildcats, head football coach, 16 years. Uh, he's been with the program 26. Uh He is really thought as, I would think, the, the best coach that Northwestern's ever had in football. But... um the hazing allegations and the Trek class and the Trek test and all that involved with their hazing incidents, which were, we discussed in detail. Not going to go much into it today because it's just absolutely disgusting. But Northwestern would have no more of it. Fitzgerald has been fired. And while that terminates Fitzgerald and his association with the program, um It does not stop this story. It will continue to build as more and more athletes and coaches and those around the program will uh, continue to be interviewed in the investigation. He originally was going to spend it without pay for two weeks, but all the other investigative reporting, a lot of it by the Northwestern Student Newspaper, um, has led them to just go ahead and fire him. That's what they did. And in light of that, uh, their baseball coach, Jim Foster, um, this story now coming to the above the fold, if you will, uh, has been accused of bullying and abusive behavior, and that program is being investigated. Which brings us back all the way. We're going to Chicago. Now let's come back to Tuscaloosa, where Sports Illustrated, and I know Lars. May have worked with this guy, but I know he knows Pat Forty. But he has published a story yesterday afternoon that says that Brad Bohannon's relationship with a gentleman by the name of Bert Eugene Neff Jr., an Indiana travel ball coach, all but says, well, in fact, here's one of the lines in the story. There's no doubt Bohannon had knowledge of the wager. So, Lars... I was gonna talk a little home run. Let's run home. Let's play baseball. But instead, we're talking about coaching and the problems that they're having from Northwestern and the University of Alabama. How are you, Lars?
3: I'm good. I'm good. A uh, bit of a busy morning. Um, been talking with my agent, my little agent, and uh, my editor at Simon and Schuster, just trying to get, trying to put out some fires. You know how that goes. Yeah, this is really interesting um, information coming out from Pat Forty, and uh, I never actually worked with Pat, but uh, Pat and I have been friends for over 20 years, and uh, his reputation is absolutely unimpeachable, and he uh, is as respected as any um reporter out there i mean i i know that some fan bases have their issues with pat <laughs> and uh but hey that means you're probably doing your job because uh nobody really knows where he falls but yeah this is um this is some uh very good reporting by by pat and um and it just sheds light on why uh Bohannon had to um had to go, and uh, and so, um, yeah. I mean, uh, like you said, according to uh, according to Pat Forty, it quote seems plausible that Alabama coach uh, Bohanan, Brad Bohannon can be sanctioned with uh, with a show cause penalty by an NCAA committee due to his role in what happened uh, on that, that tied road game at LSU on April twenty eighth. And, uh, and you're right. The, the new details that emerged from, uh, Pat's story, which was published, I think just right after we got off the air yesterday on Monday, was that, uh, it, uh, it, it gave us details on Bohannon's relationship with, uh, Bert Eugene Neff Jr., who is a Indiana travel ball coach and a former college pitcher and he's the one that put a $100,000 wager on LSU to beat the tide. And this comes from unnamed sources. Um, and there's uh, there's no doubt, according to these sources, that Bohannon had knowledge of the wager. Now we all suspected this because of why he was fired so quickly by Greg Byrne. And, uh, but, you know, we didn't know if it just looked improper or if it actually was some impropriety. And this is our first sort of, uh, you know, drip of information that is very suggestive that there was something, uh, you know, uh, something inappropriate that was done and um, I don't know if you've had a chance to read the full story on uh, si.com but it is uh, it, it's quite a doozy and um, and you know just the fact that you're it it, it it really they both were getting undone by being stupid really stupid he because a hundred
2: thousand dollars on a baseball
3: game on a college baseball game and a Think, I mean, there's no gambling traffic on this game. No gambling traffic whatsoever. And, of course, when you put down $100,000, what's it going to do? It's going to trigger attention and a lot of attention. And uh, I don't know if this was fueled by desperation. Um, and uh, But... You know, it, uh, it, it said in the story, it said that, that Neff, right, who is, the, uh, again, a youth league coach from Mooresville, Indiana, um, when he stood at the window at the baseball park in Cincinnati, he had to plead to make his wager to the sportsbook staff. And he even went so far, uh, according to the, to 40, to say that he had inside information on the game. And uh, that inside information was in the palm of his hand because Neff was actually texting with Bohannon via the encrypted messaging um, app, uh, the name of the app is Signal, while he was at the betting window attempting to place the wager. And the, the, the texting was indiscreet. Uh, it was so indiscreet that the book's uh, video surveillance camera uh, were able to um, uh, zoom in uh, where they were able to actually zoom in so it wasn't as indiscreet as I thought it, it was that the, 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 the books uh, sports surveillance videos were able to zoom in uh, and get the details of the text exchange and that made Bohannon's name visible later in screenshots and a source told uh, 40 that video cameras can see the text conversation back and forth. It couldn't have been any more reckless. And the inside information that Neff received, according to 40 sources, was that Alabama was scratching its ace pitcher from starting the game, Luke Coleman, due to back tightness. And he was being replaced by Hagen Banks, who hadn't started a game since mid-March. And You know, the sources say that, that Bohannon, he wasn't just sort of being manipulated by this other gentleman that wasn't a a pawn who didn't know what was going on. They say and claim that in fact that Bohannon was aware that Neff was placing the bets on LSU and against his team. Now, it is still unclear, according to these sources, whether or not Bohannon himself was wagering on the game through Neff. But Bohannon knew what was transpiring. And, uh, according again to the story that is up on SI.com, and I would encourage people to go and read it, um, that one of the uh, people familiar with the investigation said that Bohannon was part of this ongoing text chain with Neff and his gambling associates. And so, um, when, when you make a bet like this, that, and I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't aware of this, but when you make a suspicious bet, it becomes flagged right right away um, by uh, a uh, a wagering integrity firm uh, called, uh, it's called BetMGM, and then they call the U.S. Integrity, which has, uh, you know, they, they represent different clients throughout the sporting industry. And per their protocol, the U.S. Integrity Office forwarded the information to the Ohio Casino Control Commission and the SEC conference. Uh, and um, all of a sudden, you know, this all happened in a very quick manner. And all of a sudden, Alabama betting on baseball, betting on Alabama baseball was halted in multiple states. Investigation initiated. And after a very brief internal investigation at Alabama, uh, Greg Byrne fired Bohannon on May fourth. So it didn't take long for um for Greg Byrne to get to the bottom of this. It transpires on April twenty eighth. He's fired on May fourth, and I, I just uh, Matt, I know we knew, we're up against a break here, but I have never. I can't recall a time when a coach bet against his own team or gave inside information to someone to place a bet against his own team. Can you?
2: It's very difficult to understand, much less believe, or should I say believe, then understand. Either way, uh, it is so outlandish that it set off all the flags. And they were called the alarm bells. And then they, due to technology, they zoom in on this guy's phone. They know who's giving him the information. By the way, it is yet to be determined. According to this uh, really good investigative piece by Pat Forty, uh, it's yet to uh, be determined what, if any, types of um, punishment could be handed down to the University of Alabama. Of course, Coach Bo got his. He was fired. You would kind of hope moving forward that this is all dumped on him, but he's an employee of the University of Alabama, and they have rules and regulations that they have to answer to, the SEC has to answer to, all the way up to the NCAA. So I I guess that is to be, that's a story to be heard about later. Hey, did you watch any of the Home Run Derby? I don't know if you did. I did. I'm not going to say I sat there and watched, what was it, eight and a half hours, something like that. It's way too long in my opinion. But uh some really cool twists to that last night, some other stories. Our guest line up includes, uh, bottom of the hour, we'll talk more baseball with our guy, Robbie Glenn. Uh, and then next hour, uh we'll dial in again. Going to take a lot of phone calls if we can. At 205-342-9904, Steve Irvine is up in the 1 o'clock hour.
1: Stay tuned. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
4: That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9,
0: Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon, the high today 93. The Sky clear tonight, the low at 71. Or tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, hot, and humid. Just a small chance of an afternoon shower or storm, the high at 95. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Haley was in the studio yesterday, enjoyed getting to know her better. Um, She's very, very good at what she does, and as Lars says so often, she'll literally hold your hand through the process. So remember, Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Uh, With the coach talk from Northwestern and the baseball talk with uh, Northwestern again, and then Uh, Notably, Brad, but you're there, Lars. You're there. Um, But last night was Major League Baseball Home Run Derby, and it appears to me that we now are leaning. Remember the NBA uh, All Star Game and and how the slam dunk and the three point shooting contest became bigger than the game itself. Just, just kind of an open question. I please respond. But um, has the Home Run Derby become bigger than the actual game? I certainly hope so. It has not for me personally. But uh, it was interesting to watch. And I was just absolutely. Yeah, we got you, Lars. Uh, That may just be on my end. I do not know. But um, there were a lot of good side stories. Uh, Vlad Gurr winning. Vlad Gurr Jr. His dad, uh, then Randy uh, 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 Rosarino, just, God, he he just seemed angry at everybody. By the end of that thing, I was pulling for Vlad Gert because he was taking it easy. He was loving it. And um, he ended up winning it all. uh, And that was a very, very cool thing. But the best thing about Major League Baseball home run derby last night in seattle was adley richmond uh with the orioles catcher hitting 273 the all-star catcher hit 12 home runs that's what also kind of makes me wonder i mean 12 home runs that's a lot but you know showy otana has 30 um you look at uh, matt Olson; he is 28 29 something like that um uh, you know, they just seem to have some guys that kind of randomly get selected for this. Of course, there's Pete Alonzo, the defending champ, and and he was certainly there. But the cool thing was this Orioles catcher because uh, he's a switch hitting catcher. By the way, for those of you that maybe know a touch about baseball, a switch hitting catcher that can hit for average and power is gold. It's gold, Jerry. If you saw that sign, Phil. But uh, he hit from one side and then switched over in his bonus round. And I thought that was just magnificent. So uh, that was last night, the All-Star Home Run Derby. And then tonight we will uh, we'll actually get the game in and we'll see what happens with that. Uh, you're listening to Big News Sports. Again, we're presented by Haley Sensing, Union Home Mortgage trying to get Lars back up here and I'll just have to talk to my producer over the air. Are we good? What's happening there, guys? We are trying our best over here. Just you know, technology is let me, let me just, uh, let me this just close to, to right taking right now, over the world okay? and it's right. even
4: closer to taking over the Tide 109 studios. Okay.
2: All right. Uh, if you can, let's take a break and see if we can't get this straightened out. And uh, also coming up, we will be talking to Robbie Glenn, uh, former Alabama baseball player, about coach Bohannon, and about you know major league baseball the all-star break the midsummer classic and uh, what's going to happen tonight and what happened last night in the home run derby so we'll do all that as we take a break on big noon sports
1: Down to the plains. This is Alabama's most in depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
4: Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker Haley Sansing, based right here in Tuscaloosa. Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376.
2: on Big Noon Sports, you got Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. Yeah, I almost said Seth, but no, it's Justin Jones, Kim, all back in the studio. <clears throat> so we try and fight our way through this uh, Tuesday afternoon as uh, it is July 11th, 2023. We are in the dog days of summer, and that is for sure. Uh, we have really, you know, had to hit it hard, you know, high and tight, as they say in the world of baseball. With some of the stories concerning coaches, so I'm just going to lighten the moment, Lars, and just throw you a question here. Have you ever flown? And you did all. Uh, you did that. You were embedded in the Scottish Claymores, I believe, in European football, and the NFL. Did you ever fly in and out of Edinburgh? Edinburgh? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's a little airport there. Yes. Did uh, did you read this? I just saw it this morning about Billy Herschel, who's going over there to play in the Scottish Open. And What happened? Well, he went to, and I think I've got the name right here, S-I-X-T. Is that the rental car? Is that where you would rent cars from? I don't know. It anyway, could be, uh... He went to the counter, where he has been many times before, to rent a car. And the lady says, I'm sorry, we don't rent cars to professional athletes. (laughs) Does this sound like I'm making that up? (laughs) Yeah. It is now our policy that we don't rent cars to professional athletes. Now, if you're talking about a 6'8", 350-pound guy that's uh, dead set on going down and uh, drinking a bunch of scotch... Uh, I, I kind of understand that. But Herschel, Lars, not, not uh, to be negative, but he's not a much bigger guy than you, is he? Uh, I know, no, right he's next not. To him.
3: Um, uh,
2: but he's a professional golfer. He's hes not a WWE guy. I just thought that was rather funny.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, he was trying to rent his car from six which is a European company S-I-X-T and um, <laughs> and Billy he uh, put out a tweet saying um, I've rented cars there for you know 15 times over the last two years and and now you tell me and decide that you don't rent cars to professional athletes as I'm trying to grab my car from Edinburgh Airport what a dumb policy um, and this uh, uh, it's really strange. Um, it's really wild. But uh, after this uh, debacle, good old Avis, and I, I'm a I I prefer Avis. I, I do like Hertz. I think the cars are generally a little bit nicer with Hertz. It's kind of easier. Like if you have the Hertz Gold membership. I mean, you know, when you're traveling a ton, you, you get all these different memberships because it just makes things easier. hers uh, is probably the best, but Avis is a close, close second. Uh, Avis uh, got him a car, and so now, uh, but, it, uh, <laughs> you know, it, he, I think it left Billy a little flustered, and now he's going to begin his uh, preparation for this week's uh, Scottish Open at the uh, Renaissance Club. But I, I've never heard of that. I mean, I have showed up at a um, airport before when flight was delayed and get in at like 1.30. And boom, there's nobody there at the rental car counter. And there's no one, uh, there's no way to get a car. And, um, you know, then you have to kind of try to figure something out on the fly, which is usually just uh, either you, you hoof it to the hotel that is attached to the airport if there is one or or you, you pray that you can find a, an Uber or a Lyft or back to the day a cab to take you somewhere but uh, I gotta say through all my travels I've never had to spend the night in an airport have you, have, has it ever come to that for you?
2: Uh, one time I had to stay there until about 4 o'clock in the morning but then we finally got a flight out, and it's actually uh, a very interesting story, which I'll share next hour. That involved a very disgruntled and uh, confused Ole Miss fan was a Georgia fan, but anyway, this well, guy held up yeah. the Atlanta airport for 15 hours. It's unbelievable. Many years ago. Wow.
3: Uh, well, yeah. Talk. I mean, hey, I, we could talk travel stories all day, man. What well, I did, what I have learned, is that every time you take a trip for for work, something unique will inevitably happen. You know, something you've never seen before. Like, I don't know, a guy sitting next to you on the plane taking off his socks and putting his toenails right in front of you. I, you know, just it something like that. <laughs> it's it, something crazy always happens.
2: You know, that might be a topic for next hour. Right now, let's bring in. The left-hand hitting first baseman, Robbie Glenn. I think you hit left, didn't you, boy? If I've got that wrong, then I am just—I uh, am no Adley Rushman. Uh, or uh, uh, how about that? was well, mad cool, I, wasn't, I, wasn't it, Robbie? <laughs> yeah, I threw—I uh,
5: threw left-handed, batted right.
2: So I was, okay, bad, I knew I had something in there. So yeah, that is—that's uh, not the norm.
5: No, it's not. But, I mean, I, I, I could turn around and bat from the other side a little bit, but uh, I have a little bit more power from the bang from the right side. Just kept my left arm out there in the open, so if I got hit in the elbow, it didn't feel too good trying to throw no. the
2: rest of
5: the game.
2: Uh, well, let's start with the Orioles catcher. What do you think about that guy? He turned around, and uh, he's a switch hitter, so why not in the home run derby? He hit right and he hit left.
5: Yeah. Well, how about that? First time ever, I think. Isn't that correct that anyone's ever done that? In the uh, so. home run derby? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, got your name in the record books right there. So I'll, I'll, I'll interested to see how he does the rest of the year. You know, catches, yeah, they, they get beat up and to see how he's hitting with average and home runs and everything. How does that continue at the end of the year? But he, he's doing well.
2: Yeah, the O's are. Two games out of first behind the Rays. It's just, I think they have the third best record in all of baseball. But anyway, any other observations? And I have a, kind of a serious follow up as far as the home run derby, bitches. Watching Vlad Gerd, Jackham, uh, he ends up winning it all. Um, it was yeah. overall just your observations on the home run derby in its own right.
5: Yeah. I mean, I still love watching the home run derby like everybody. You know, I think it was more exciting when we were younger. Uh, just was something to see with all the big names in there and not everybody does it now like they used to. Uh, whether they need rest or just, you know, don't want to have injury, it does take a lot out of you. Uh, but yeah, I seen Guerrero, what was it, 16 years after his dad won it. So pretty cool to see him do it. But, uh, you know, what was it a couple of years ago when Guerrero set the record for 40 in his first round, but still didn't win it? Well, same thing happened with this district last night. Uh, The hometown guy hit 41 to break the record, but then got beat by Guerrero because he was gassed. Mm -hmm. He couldn't hit anymore. So that that was pretty cool to see him hit 41, though. But, yeah, that takes a lot out of you.
2: That's where I want to go with my next question. It just seems like it does take a lot out of him. And when you're physically exhausted, what are you more susceptible to, Robbie? Injury. I worry, I and, and now let me tell you, these guys are pro-athletes. They can't rent cars in Scott's... In Scott's uh, yeah, I Scott. just heard that. <laughs> it's funny. But is there an injury risk or am I overdoing it? I put a post out last night that I thought, man, if I've got a contender, I don't want Ronald Acuna in, in the home run derby. Am I, am I just being yeah. too sensitive?
5: Well, I mean, really, I mean, look how long the season is. So, yeah, these guys are always up for some kind of injury. Anytime you can give them a rest, but it takes a lot out of you just to take batting practice and get in there. You get elbow joints and your hips and legs, like everything. Knees. And then, you know, Kuno's going to play tonight. So, yeah, you get you don't want to get too much out there and, and, and risk anything, especially have, what, the Braves are the hottest team in, the, in all the major leagues. So, yeah, you don't want to throw your big names out there right now. There's too much money involved.
3: Robbie, if...
5: Uh you were to step up to the plate at a
3: home run hitting contest and you know just a pitcher was throwing lollipops to you how, how many could you jack out
5: Um uh, i don't i don't know i mean they, man they do rapid fire I, I used to hit a pretty good bit when we were in batting practice when we had coach bobby pierce throwing he used to groove them in there pretty good but still i mean you're not gonna you guys hit him out i mean hitting 41 that's just oh, that's crazy. I would like to think I'd at least get fifteen out, but you know, not now, not today. I'm, hopefully, I can get a couple out, but uh, um, it takes. Like I said, it's a lot out of the pitch. Got to be right there. You got to get your swing, and then if you start swinging for the fifth, you start popping it up. So, just getting in that groove is where it is. And once you get that guy throwing good BP, that's everything right there. If he's grooving it, man, you, you can you can get a hold of a few. So again. But if you can control your breath too, you will you will run out of gas.
2: Don't they get yeah. to bring their own BP pitcher?
5: Yeah, they yeah, they do. They usually bring uh, either someone that's thrown to them, or could be a buddy that and they've been practicing and he's got it down. I mean, some guys bring their dads. It look like I've, I've seen some of that out there. Yeah, um, but usually you're going to bring your guy you're used to if you're going to get to have a chance of winning it during
3: just a, a regular batting practice session what what makes a good BP pitcher when you are um, you know trying to get ready for a game
5: uh like I said coach Pier Bobby Pierce was so good at it just bringing it in it's, it's a lot harder than you think you know trying to hit in hit the glove or just sometimes there's not even a catcher there so you're just hitting the the, the backdrop and uh you just kind of You're you're trying to get a hitter a good look, and, you know, your first couple swings, we usually do hit and run, try and hit it to the right side, keep it in there, you know, do the job, get a guy over, try to hit a fly ball to right field, whatever it is. So he's kind of grooving it in there. Uh, he just want to get you some good swings some good looks. Um, and then, of course, those last, you'll go through two rounds usually. So that second round, you come back, you got your timing down. Yeah, you're trying to put a little pop into it, uh, try to give a, some of the, you know young fans that might be out there trying to get them some uh, souvenirs hitting it out that came early so uh, you start jacking a few
2: hey when it uh when it comes to bp pre-game do you try and uh get if it's a lefty starting against you do you try and get a left-hander throwing bp and a right-hander throwing bp and then what do you go through? I mean, I, my limited time. We, we first four or five pitches, we'd lay down bunts. I know you didn't, because I bet you never bunt. Yep. But you, you didn't want, yep. you didn't need to bunt. But then you try and hit off field, off field, and then maybe power. How does it go?
5: Yeah, that, that's what I was saying. But no, we didn't really switch pitchers um, because it, you know they're in closer. So you're really not going to get the look of it. a lefty righty. Um, you know, Coach Bobby Sproul would come out there and throw some if we had to, but. Yeah, Coach Pierce was the one we did because we got used to him. But, yeah, we always bunted first couple. Uh, you know, back in our day, everybody bunted. Uh, that So You had to play small ball because you're going to be called to butt sometime. Um, remember you brought up that old memory where I was in the SEC tournament, got called to butt and <laughs> ended up striking out and didn't get the ball down. So, uh, yeah, it brought back that bad memory. But, uh, no, I was always pretty good at bunting. Um, everybody on our team was. But yeah, we'd go through a couple bunts and like I said, do a hit and run where you just kind of staying on the ball. You're, you're gonna, you know, go to the right side on the ground, and then try and do the job, like get a guy from second to third or whatever it be, or score him third to home, hit the fly ball deep enough, and then you go through your, you know, your swings. Uh, you only get about ten, because by the time you threw the whole team before a game, that's a that's a lot, takes a lot of time. And then back in the day, we did infield and in, infield outfield. You know, they don't do that anymore. Where you know, Coach Natero would. We had a system down. It, it was fun. That got you to get into the mood. See what the outfielders had. They just don't do Good. that anymore. Uh, I hate that. That was that
4: was fun. Robbie,
3: I I assume you saw the the uh, Sports Illustrated story about uh, former Alabama coach uh, Brad Bohannon and the details that have emerged from uh, what happened on April 28th. Uh, the fact that he was on the phone uh, or texting using uh, encrypted text with uh, another person who is at the uh, sports book at the uh, Cincinnati Reds ballpark. And, um, And surveillance cameras were able to zoom in and see the actual text conversation back and forth. And one of the sources told Sports Illustrated, quote, it couldn't have been any more reckless. Now, we still don't know whether or not Bohannon uh, was actually betting himself or if he was just tipping off um, this uh, this friend of his, the fact that Alabama's starting pitcher wasn't going to be going and they were going to be starting a guy who hadn't pitched in, in quite some time. and And also just the fact that they bet on LSU, bet on LSU to beat Alabama now that we know some details and I you know I think we all probably thought that this was what went down what, what's
5: your reaction as a, as a former Alabama baseball player? First of all I hated even bringing this up again because that just made me sick when it happened from such a great great season I mean Bama was fun to watch just players and everything and just to have this just, just kill the season. I, I just hate it. Um, yeah, I did see some of the reports. I haven't got it all. That uh, apparently this guy is a uh, travel ball coach. And, you know, I'm thinking automatically. Well, then he tipped this guy off that we're going to pull our pitcher. And here, you'll get some money out of this once you make a bet, And which is stupid to make that big of a bet. No one bets on it until the World Series, even that large amount. But uh, is this an NIL deal that he promised this guy to get one of his travel players? I don't know. I'm just that's just me thinking when I first heard this. No, that's, and, that's exactly what I thought. I thought it was like
3: a quid pro quo situation. Like if Boannon gives him this tip, he's gonna direct a player to Alabama. I mean that that
5: that yeah, just seems that, like
3: the logical thing,
5: right? That does. Very logical to me. I mean, you just don't bet just out of nowhere on a on a team like that. And if, like I said, and I'm not trying to make if I'm going to bet, I'm betting on my team to win. Like, come on. If you're playing the number one team in the country, you're going to get more money back. But you just don't do it. But I don't know what the reason was, but that's what it seems like, an NIL deal or something that he promised this guy. Or that, That's the only thing I can think of. But I hate it. But, you know, the season's over, got through, and, look, you got four guys go high in the draft, and that's awesome. You uh, know, I hate not seeing them play next year at Bama, but, man... You know, with Pickney and and Grayson Hitt and Hunter Furtado and Caden Rose all getting a chance now to to play and extend their careers in pro is just awesome. Going getting drafted that high, fourth round, and what the last Caden was seventh. He's that, that, still going to make money there. I mean, that's great. So good for them.
2: Do you
3: and sorry, Matt. Um, so gosh, I don't even know where Alabama I, I it, 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 it's interesting that this story just kinda won't go away. Um I think what is impressive though is the fact that uh the expediency that Greg Byrne acted because this went down on April twenty eighth and Bohanna was fired on uh on on uh, April March on uh May fourth. So it didn't take Greg Byrne long to, after Alabama conducted its own internal investigation, uh, to let Bohannon go. Um, I guess it, it, Robbie. It just it just reflects to me again that uh, Greg Byrne he, he really knows what he's doing.
5: Oh, definitely. I've, I've you know talked to him a few times in your studio and stuff back in the day. Yeah, he knows everything. I mean, that's why he's there. Um, now it just probably whatever information they got, he went right to Bohan right away. And I'm sure Bohan said, Yeah, I did this. And, you know, I'm assuming that's what he said once he had the facts in front of him. He's like, Okay, well, I get, yeah, you know, that's it. You're gone before anything else comes out. So, yeah, Greg, Greg's definitely in the right position. He's, he's the right man for the job. He's been making some great calls, um, and some tough calls. So,
3: is, and they're coming
5: out on top of it. Is there any way, in
3: your estimation, that Bohannon could coach again, either at the college level or at the major, not or or in the minor leagues? Uh,
5: when more of the you know, when everything comes out on top, uh, there could be something that gives him a little hope to one day coach again. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it was an NIL deal, and this is what's what created and why why this. I don't like NIL deals. I'm sorry. Um, there's too much money flying around, but. I don't see him ever coaching. Personally, I don't. I don't know who would give him a job to do it. Um, I hate it because he's he's young and you know that's what he's done. I mean, it, he's he's a coach. That's all he knows. So I, I don't see it happening unless something comes out that just kind of clears his name a little bit. I don't. I don't see what it could be, but I I, I don't see him coaching.
2: Well, this is just a, a, another example, and, and I think I lean with you guys. This kind guy of was maybe a forced issue, but it's another area where NIL is just messing stuff up. really is, uh, uh, and,
5: and I'm all for the players getting some money, but some yeah. of the money floating around is just, wow. you know, just unbelievable.
2: The other side of that is even if you bet, there's no guarantee you're actually going to lose that game. By changing your starting pitcher, I mean, that guy's competitive. He's going to come in there and throw his throw his best game. So, anyway, and they almost got him. <laughs> <clears throat> um, Robbie, thanks, man. You're the greatest. We appreciate all your time.
5: Always, you, guys. Love talking to y'all.
2: Roll that yep, too. All right, go Striker. Striker strong. Uh, you're listening to Big Dune Sports, presented by Haley Sensing Union Home
1: Mortgage. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. Communities Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good
0: supply of sunshine this afternoon, the high today 93. The sky clear tonight, the low at 71. Or tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, hot, and humid. Just a small chance of an afternoon shower or storm, the high at 95. I'm James Fan on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: Big Sports presented proudly by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Uh, our thanks to Robbie Glenn. What a what a what a great guy. Uh, you remember that line from Placing Sales? what a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, not in that reference, okay? Lars, I've never asked you this question. If I have, I've forgotten the answer. Are you an American League guy or a National League guy?
4: american league all
2: the way how does uh how did that develop
4: um my favorite color was orange when i was about five years old so i loved the baltimore orioles and uh the team that was closest to where i grew up was the kansas city royals and so uh once twice a year my my dad would take my brother and i to uh to a royals game so those were my two teams. I, my favorite player was, uh, my two favorite players were George Brett and uh, Ken Singleton. And then as I got Ken a, a, Singleton, really? A, yeah, Ken, I loved Ken Singleton. I liked Singleton. him too. I
2: think he was traded for Ozzy Smith.
4: Yeah, there was one year that he was flirting with 400 for uh, a while. Um, and, uh, I liked, uh, Mike Flanagan a lot. And, uh, then of course, when got a little bit older, uh, Brett Saberhagen, uh, for the Royals, um, Dan Quisenberry, uh, there was their, their closer. So yeah, I've always been an American league guy. Uh, how about you? I'm
2: guessing, uh, national league because of the Braves. Yeah. Do you remember a guy that, uh, I think he played second? He had a big World Series for the Royals named Buddy Biancolana.
4: Oh, yeah. He, he, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Buddy, Buddy Biancolana. Yeah, he was about five foot one. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but yet yeah, he was, he was a terrific player. Um, but yeah, George, George Brett was, uh, he was my guy. And, uh, I always loved going because, I, there's this amusement park in Kansas City called Worlds of Fun. So we would make a weekend out of it where we would go to a Royals game and then go to Worlds of Fun. Uh, and they had this uh, great roller coaster that went upside down called the Orient Express that I absolutely love. Orient loved.
2: Express? Yeah. A book?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes,
2: exactly. Oh. Exactly.
4: Um, Man, I, I always like
2: l- George Brett. I'll have to ditto you on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I,
4: I, I tried to mimic his swing and it was always so hard because uh, of how far back he would be leaning. And then, you know, he'd generate so much bat speed by, by, by pushing forward. A very unique swing, but, um, I know, uh, you mentioned the firing of Pitt, Pat Fitzgerald, uh, at, uh, Northwestern and, and we saw this coming yesterday, Matt, that, uh, that this was—it uh, seemed to be an inevitability—that Fitzgerald was going to lose his job because of all of the disturbing allegations and all uh, of hazing and and uh, I mean, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the I mean, the thing is, this this story is nowhere near dead because there's gonna be a criminal investigation, uh, uh, potential sexual assault charges. And and I don't think Fitzgerald is gonna be immune from this stuff. And, and also, I don't know if Northwestern President Michael Schill is gonna survive. I really don't because let's look at the timeline here. Last Friday, Michael Schill, he reads a report ...from a six-month independent investigation into the allegations of hazing within the Northwestern Football Program. And this was included 50-plus interviews. And he deemed it that head coach Pat Fitzgerald should be suspended for two meaningless July weeks. Two meaningless July weeks. Well, and this is a powerhouse law firm that did this investigation... And then on Monday, a few days later, after details of the allegations became public through media reports, and namely the student newspaper, the Daily Northwestern. The Daily Northwestern very well may win a Pulitzer Prize for this. I mean, this is how good their reporting was. The same president determined that he was so troubled by the exact information that he already had – That Pat Fitzgerald need to be fired immediately. And then he has the audacity to claim the ethical high road. I mean, this is what he said in his statement. Quote, since Friday, I've kept going back to what we should reasonably expect from our head coaches, our faculty, and our campus leaders. And this is what led me to make this decision to fire Fitzgerald. The head coach is ultimately responsible for the culture of his team. The hazing we investigated was widespread and clearly not a secret within the program, providing Coach Fitzgerald with opportunity to learn what was happening. Are you kidding me? So he does the right thing only when someone else is watching. He does the right thing once all the information he had gets publicly revealed. Nothing changed from Friday to Monday, except the president realized that he couldn't keep the allegations under wraps. This guy is going to get fired. I almost can guarantee it. And there again, I I, I don't necessarily think the players or Fitzgerald are out of the woods when it comes to criminal charges and um and this uh, you know, he said that eleven the, the president he said during the investigation, eleven current or former football student athletes acknowledged that hazing had been ongoing within the football program. And he said, "This has never been about one former student athlete and his motives it's much bigger than that." okay, so why did the 11 current or former student athletes not matter last week? what changed he was he was uh you know the the the, the president was too busy basically patting himself on the back saying hey I, I'm doing a good thing here I'm suspending him for two weeks in July.
2: what did you right? say yesterday it, it so like it was like su-
4: suspending a bear during hibernation yeah I <laughs> mean these you understand that these literally these are the weeks that the coaches go on vacation. For the most part. I mean I know there is there is recruiting going on, but it, it like these next two weeks, the end of July are when college football coaches across the country take their two weeks of vacation. And so you basically was suspended during his vacation. I'm just telling you, more heads are going to roll.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Derek Cragg, uh, the athletic director, uh, along with the president, Michael Shield, who you referred to, um, and many more. Um, it doesn't necessarily mirror Penn State and the fact that that involved very, very young children. Um, but in many ways, as far as the cover up is concerned, um, it does, because it seems to me that people knew and turned their head. And I don't know how many times I said that uh, with the Jerry Sandusky story. But, uh, and, and then, we'll, you know, their baseball programs in disarray, too. Yeah. We'll get into that next hour. All right, Lars, let's try and crank, let's turn the clock back or ahead. Let's, let's do it.
4: Let's, let's get into more. There's a lot more to this Northwestern story. We'll get okay. into that next hour.
2: On Big Name Sports.
4: That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG
0: Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A Townsquare media station.
2: Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Appreciate you folks dialing us up. Steve Irvine will be along in a few minutes. We uh, offer you the opportunity to talk, to about the Northwestern situation. Uh, latest news concerning former Alabama baseball coach Brad Bohannon. You can call us at 205-342-9904. Also, you can uh, look up our website, get more information on uh, your host and all, and you can do that at Uh We talked extensively about Brad Bohannon, and there's now evidence in a Sports Illustrated article uh, penned by Pat Forty that uh, he was feeding information to an Indiana, um, I guess he was like a summer league-type coach, uh, and they put a $100,000 bet down in Ohio and that just sent off all the bells and whistles you could possibly imagine. It ended up, uh, led to the firing, uh, Greg Byrne didn't have any choice, did he? Uh, He he fired him, and Alabama baseball will now move forward. But that story is not over. Uh, Neither is the one concerning Pat Fitzgerald. We talked about the Northwestern football coach yesterday. And lo and behold, I guess just a little bit after we got off the air, he was fired uh, with all the allegations of the uh, incredibly... Uh, disgusting, hazing incidents that were going on with the football team. But, Lars, did you read about the baseball team, too? Uh, No, go ahead and give some details on that. I will. Their baseball coach, a guy named uh, Jim Foster, um, is in huge trouble for what they were calling bullying and abuse. It got so bad that before the season uh, one of his assistant coaches Dusty Napoleon who was also the recruiting coordinator before the season started he'd been with the, th- the team since 2015 before the first game of the season he quit uh, there were many complaints being made against Foster and <clears throat> then the operations director Chris Beacom also left the team the team went 10-40 and 40, and evidently According to these Report, this is probably filed by... What's the name of their student newspaper? Let me see who the byline is here. Um, the, I think they're probably... 20. This This is the Tribune. Chicago Tribune actually has this story. But, uh, you know, I said this yesterday too, Lars. You don't normally just say, okay, I could see this happening there. Actually, I think we all do. I could see this happening somewhere else before Northwestern.
4: Yeah. Um, so... We have to remember this is 2023 not 1983 and what was once tradition of a tradition of hazing now if there's any element of hazing within a program a coach is risking his job or you know if there's any element of hazing at the office the boss is reaching risking his job if there's any element of hazing uh, in, the, in the in a classroom the teacher or the professor is going to lose his job any leader knows that the standards and the times have changed and there is just zero tolerance uh, for this kind of behavior and even there's zero tolerance also for failing to actively root out this behavior and you, you know that this it was a difficult decision for the president of Northwestern. And again, I think he is going to be fired um, because Pat Fitzgerald was the most important figure in the history of Northwestern football. I agree. And I, I don't think that's an overstatement. I mean, because as a player... Twice named Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. He was the, you know, the gritty, gutty leader on the 95 team uh, that reached the Rose Bowl for the first time in 47 years. He becomes head coach at age 31, uh, spent 17 years elevating Northwestern to... Uh, the, uh, to a level that had never been at before, because it does have disadvantages over the rest of the Big Ten and over the rest of, of many of the schools of Power Five, due to academic requirements and and uh, playing in a stadium that is uh, that you, you could, I bet you could find thirty high school stadiums in Alabama that are nicer than Northwestern Stadium, and um, you know uh 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 FitzGerald he, they got he led him to 10 bowl appearances a couple of big big 10 west titles uh he's from uh, uh the south side of, from a suburb of the south side of chicago um he 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 easily could have landed jobs head coaching jobs at michigan or notre dame but he stayed loyal and it's uh, and so you, you know that the president didn't want to fire him, but and 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 he didn't fire him, right? The information didn't change from Friday to Monday. What changed is we all all found out about it because of the student newspaper, the Daily Northwestern, and that's why the president just got caught with his pants down and. Again, I, I just can't imagine a scenario in which he holds on to his job. Uh, I mean, it, OK, let me ask you, does the president deserve to hold on to his job? Can he just say, oh, you know, I had more time. Ty- I had a weekend to think about it. Well, you know, OK, that would be a B.S. response because um, he had plenty of time to read and analyze that. Six-month independent investigation report that had fifty-plus interviews in it. Uh, and it's a six-month
2: uh, report, and over the course of forty-eight hours, he changed his mind. Yeah, I don't get it. So does he? Does he keep? Now. Does he keep his job? No, no, I don't see it. I don't. Th- I, I, I think there's uh, going to be a true uh, huge broom go through the athletic department. I think it'll include parts of the baseball team too. But even in his effort to try and backpedal, uh, the president says, I think I might have been a bit misguided in my decision to only suspend him for two weeks. What? You know what? I'd have a lot more respect, and you would too. I can speak for you. For somebody who goes, man, I did not make a good decision. I apologize. By the way, I also resign. Yeah, um, okay, so
4: I, this is important to say that Fitzgerald, he's hired a, a high powered attorney. His name is Dan Webb, and he, uh, released a statement, uh, late last night saying that he had no knowledge whatsoever of any form of hazing, and he instructed his, his, his attorney to take the necessary steps to protect my rights in accordance with the law and you know all that will happen but i mean the president of the school shill he blew this scandal in almost every imaginable way think about it the the story <laughs> of the suspension comes out when late on friday what is that called it's called a friday news dump
2: that's what you the, do
4: and you know what that does? It sends up a red flag to good reporters and it tells you, hmm, there's more to this story. That's why, like, don't these people know that reporters aren't stupid? <laughs> I mean, if you, if you release something in the Friday late afternoon news dump, Maybe are you thinking that oh the reporters are just they are gonna go. here comes
2: the weekend crew. Yeah, yeah, they're not not they're not gonna do anything. We do all our press releases. I mean, this is done politics. And then
4: how naive was he to think that the details of this case would be kept quiet? Because the whistleblower, once you once you anger the whistleblower by giving. Fitzgerald nothing more than a soft slap on the wrist you know what that's gonna do that is going to tick him off I would use stronger language and so what is the whistleblower going to do when he feels like that the information he has given to this superior has just been ignored what are they gonna do they're gonna go to the media <laughs> I mean this is it, it, it's a simple like almost formula Right. That it, it, we've seen it happen. And this, and you know, the, the
2: president of university not know that. Yeah.
4: And so now, you know, are, are, is Northwestern going to keep Shill around to find a new coach, you know, for um, a team that was uh, uh, built around the personality and the qualities of Fitzgerald? Right. I mean, it's a, it is a tough, hard nosed, not the most talented guys in the world, but, but you, you win at the point of attack. Uh, if it's three yards and a cloud of dust, that, that's fine. Uh, you know, they've had some decent quarterbacks over the years. Um, and, the, but in the last two years, Northwestern has won just four games. And guess what's about ready to happen? Uh, transfers. That, I mean, everybody's going to jump ship, right? Well,
2: 16 guys left the baseball team.
4: Yeah. <laughs> that was um, bullying. And, you know, Northwestern, I told you about how dilapidated and old and tiny their football stadium is. Uh, Northwestern ha- does have this ambitious plan to start building a new $800 million stadium. Is that in jeopardy? I would say yes, because, will, I mean, will the, the boosters who were pro Fitzgerald, are they still going the, to
2: to uh, pull out their wallets and, and pay for this? Other questions that are going to be answered, I would think, in the very near future. Well, uh, what happens is there going to be legal action by the young men that were on the Shrek team, the Shrek list. I think that's it. And what about the guys that were doing the hazing? Well, that's that's Where what is I their said. accountability in. Well, there's you
4: know? that, that's why I think there's going to be a criminal investigation,
2: uh, yeah. yeah, and I can see civil following. Oh, or, yeah, absolutely,
4: uh, absolutely. Uh, or uh, uh, they may be may be going on simultaneously because the burden so. the burden of uh, of, of proof is, is much different in civil as it than
2: it is in criminal. Absolutely, Sasko J. All right, let's not go down that road. All right. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Steve Irvine is up next. The show is presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage.
1: The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports.
4: Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9,
0: Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. The high today, 93. The sky clear tonight, the low at 71. Or tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, hot, and humid. Just a small chance of an afternoon shower or storm. The high at 95. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: Back on Big News Sports with our man. I think between Robbie Glenn, Mike Rodak, and Steve Irvine, it's kind of a three-way tie on who the third co-host is on this show. Uh, Steve, it's Matt and Lars. You know the format. You know the players well. How are you on this uh, steamy Tuesday?
6: Oh, man, I'm doing great, guys. How are you all? Good. Did you watch the uh, home run derby? You know, no. <laughs> I, I I don't um as I've gotten older, I don't really care for those things. I mean, I just you know I mean, if it's on, I'll watch it. If it's not, I won't. Uh and so uh, no, I didn't really didn't really watch it last night and uh, uh my son did, he he had fun watching it, so I guess that's, there's something there.
4: Yeah, I'm with you, Steve. Uh I just I don't find the home run derby interesting at all um did you when it when it first sort of came back to life and uh if i remember correctly was it like Ken Griffey Jr and you know uh
2: a, a lot of really big names in the home run derby when McGuire and social went at it that was oh yes cool. oh yeah. that yeah that, that was magical now when, when when that
6: that was that was crazy i mean when when yeah i mean there was a time where i did like it and and it was it was uh I don't know. It was it was it was entertaining. It was, um, you, know, you just felt like, man, I, nobody else can do that. You know, what I mean, you just felt like it. Like the the these the guys were giants or something out there. You know, hitting, hitting the baseball. But I just I don't know. I just don't. I don't feel that way anymore. You know, I mean, hey, there was a time I loved the dunk contest, and I, I can't. I, I just don't. I don't really like any of those things anymore, and I I think it's just because I'm an old man and, and, you know, get off my lawn type thing, you know, I I guess, but uh, it's funny. Uh,
4: Steve, did you get a chance to um, sort of look into, uh, we'll start, well, we're going to go over two coaches who have been dismissed, and we'll start at Alabama with Brad Bohannon. Did you get a chance to read Pat Forty's excellent story on SI.com that revealed new details about uh, Bohannon and uh, the fact that he was uh, texting with a, 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 a travel ball coach uh, using encrypted text uh, and, uh, and and in. Was giving him information and security cameras showed what the text exchange was. Was giving him information about how the Alabama starting pitcher on April 28th against a top ranked LSU was not going to be, uh, was being pulled and another pitcher was going to come in and, uh, and, uh, who hadn't pitched for a while. And uh, now it's still unclear whether or not Bohannon made money himself off of this, but clearly he was tipping off this guy. And we still don't know the exact reason. that could be a, a quid pro quo kind of thing where Bohannon gives him this and then that coach sends a player alabama's way i mean who knows there's a million things but just your your reaction to uh to these new details
6: well i mean my first reaction is it's it's, it's sickening to me that, that you're gonna you know work the system in this way and and, and i did read it and you know Pat 40 did an incredibly good job of, of of getting this and you know bringing this to light and I just, I don't understand, you know, I, I would like to know eventually, and I don't know if we ever will, to know exactly why he was, you know, he was doing this. I mean, w- w- yeah, I mean, it might have been to try to get a player. It might have been, who knows? Um, but there was a reason. I mean, you don't just do that just for the, for the fun of it or just for, you know, just to help a buddy or whatever. I mean, there's something there that, 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 and, and, um, I would love, and I hope we do one day know because it's just, it's a bizarre situation to me. I just can't imagine I can't put myself in 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 those shoes and I really can't you know that the way you're gonna do something like that uh you know with a with a with with your job with the sport you should love if you know if you're if you're a you know a college baseball coach or any kind of coach you know like that you you should love the sport and you should love the Competition—you and you should love all that—and and I don't know what you know how, how you get to that point. I really don't. It's uh, it, it's it's kind of a it's an amazing story. You know, to, to me, it's an amazing story.
2: Do you? See, what do you see in the future for this particular story?
6: Uh, well, I think more is going to come out. I mean, I, I think it's uh, you know, I, I think there's there's been ways. You know, there's been things with what's already come out. There's more there, and I think we're going to find out. Uh, you know, um, and, and, you know, as, as far as what's going to happen after that, I think you just got to wait to see what comes out. You know, uh, I mean, I, obviously he's, he's done coaching. I mean, with, with what we know already, I can't imagine that he'd ever coach again. Uh, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see when, 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 with what comes out. And, and, you know, with, with, uh, you know, that, that's why, that's why I kind of, you know, Lars, I'm sure we think the same about this. That's why it's to me it's so important. That's why it's so sad that that you know, part of journalism has died, you know, because this is, you know, this is this is what we what we've done as a as a uh you know, as a as a business or whatever you want to call it as people over the years, you know, find this stuff out and and um you know, that's what's so great about a guy like Pat Forty doing what he's doing and other guys have 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 done good jobs on this story over over the time that's First broke, um, you know,
4: holding, holding people accountable, and I you know I love to see that. And I believe, I mean, none of the three of us are lawyers, but I believe Bohannon could face legal rep- repercussions here uh, because uh, it's the equivalent of insider trading. Uh, yes. If you want to put it into uh, a, a like a Wall Street or a business parlance, uh, I, do you think? I mean, I'll just throw it out there. Do, do either of you think that that is going to happen?
6: Well, I think it is. I mean, I, I think. I, I mean, if if we continue on the course that we're continuing to find out some things that are happening, um, I, I could definitely see that happen. And, and and I would. And I wanted to. I mean, you know, it's. To me, it's a lot like the point shaving and, you know, uh, cases over the years that, that um, you know, you've seen the law get involved. And, and to me, it, it should be the same in this case.
2: The risk-reward factor here just continues to baffle me. Yeah. Um, I'm just making yeah, that. Geez. that I mean, it's yeah. just like, uh, uh this they couldn't thousand. This is not. I'm gonna buy a condo all along the Gulf Coast. I'm gonna drive a Bentley. Um, and yeah. And also,
4: he's texting Bohannon at the window <laughs> <laughs> while he's eating. <laughs> I mean, it is During crazy. They just, they uh, couldn't have, It's just like. You know, they, they, I, I don't know uh, what the equivalent would be of, uh, you know, two guys trying to commit a crime and they just bungle absolutely everything. <laughs> um, but.
6: <laughs>
4: it sounds like um, a Disney movie
2: starring Don
4: Knotts. It, it yeah. is.
2: It, it
6: is.
4: It be like Dumb and Dumber, you know, if they had tried to uh, rob a bank or something. Right,
6: right, right. I mean, you work yourself in a position where security cameras can read what you, you know, can see what you're doing. Are you kidding me? I mean, you can't go in the bathroom or something and get in a stall and exchange this information where, where they're not going to find it? I mean, yeah, it's... it's yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a really well-thought-out and, and intelligent uh, scheme that they came up with.
2: <laughs> Lars, didn't you say in part of the 40 article, and I read it, man, skipped over it, that he, he had to convince the guy at the window to take the bet? Yeah. Uh, or something um, akin to that.
4: Yes, uh, that is uh, – yeah, he um, – he had to, to plead his case for making this huge wager because the, the staff there was just like, I don't know if we can take something this big on a college baseball game that has absolutely zero action on it. And you know, like when you, when you put that much money down, $100,000 on a, uh, what a midweek SEC baseball game that, it is going to raise suspicion and suddenly uh, you are going to trigger a series of uh, of of uh, of different entities and trigger or force them to to look at you and uh you know it just uh it, it really is 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 crazy how how um how that this went down and now I almost wonder you know was the starting pitcher Luke Coleman who's going who has obviously been interviewed he was he was the scheduled starting pitcher he was the the ace starting pitcher he was pulled due to back tightness so I wonder in back tightness you know uh, it's pretty hard to diagnose. It, it's, the player feels it. It's hard for a trainer to, to really determine if it's legit or not legit. Was Luke Coleman um, forced to, you know, forced to step aside? Or was there a reason given to him like, hey, we want to save you for tomorrow or, or something? I, I don't know. And the fact that he was being replaced by Hagen Banks who hadn't started a game yeah, since mid March, we hadn't started a game in in a month and a half. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know that 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 all the players have been cleared of any wrongdoing, right? And, and the players had nothing to do with this. But I just wonder what, how, if Luke Holman was manipulated in some fashion into not pitching that day.
2: I'd like yeah, to I mean, think that, that, that it, it happened afterwards, that when he was scratched, the trainer said that he was going to be scratched. That's when Bohannon picked up the phone. But uh, as many errors involved in this entire situation, I don't know. Uh, wouldn't it, wouldn't Steve, wouldn't the players just jump up and down and say, hey, why'd you pull me? Wouldn't Coleman go, hey, coach, what are you doing? I never heard well, yeah. of any reports concerning that.
6: Yeah, and I need it, but I, I think, I mean, I think, you know, I think Lars is, is right on that in, in, in the sense that the, he could explain it away to the, to the, to the, the, uh, to Holman about, you know, hey, hey, we just, we want to save you. You know, it, it's, you know, it wouldn't be best for you to come out because it might in the long run, you know, we need you, you know, we need you down the stretch. or I mean, to me, you can, you can certainly talk your way with a player out of that. Now, that doesn't mean the player gonna, is going to be happy about it, you know, but, but, you know, certainly you're the manager, and 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 certainly you know you you can talk him out of it and say you're talking, you can you can come up with some sort of way to, to explain it to him that that that, uh, and ultimately you can say it's my decision, and 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 you're not pitching, you know, and and yes, he doesn't have to be happy about it, but he but it's that's just the way the world works, so So uh I can see I can see him getting out of him that way.
2: Steve, you're you're uh, you're a big time money guy. How do you carry around a hundred thousand dollars in cash? How do I carry it around? Well I got I got a uh, I got a, a suitcase
6: I carry it in, or uh, not a suitcase, a briefcase. a bodyguard. Yeah, well no, no,
2: I don't need a bodyguard. I you know oh, I, I just have on myself. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, do you go to the window like it's something out of the sting? <laughs> You know, and you say, here's all this cash. I want to bet it on that. And, um, I mean... Or is it a voucher? I, I, do they take uh, checks? Yeah. Uh, do yeah, they that, swipe uh, your card? How would they... Yeah.
4: Uh, I mean, it, it would have to be cash, don't you think, for a $100,000 bet?
6: That's the way I would think, you know. And and, and that's... To me, that also shows kind of a, a red flag. If you're just kind of... Just going up to a, a window and throwing down, a, you know, a, a briefcase full of money or however you carry it around, um, that's a huge red flag too. There's got to be systems. I don't know. I've never bet. You know, I've never bet a big amount, but there's got to be systems in these in these in these sports bets and casinos and wherever else where where you can figure out. You know, you can go to them and say, listen, I'm betting big time money here. Uh, you know. Go to another window before you go to that window, or so, you know something like that. There's got to be a system to it. So I just think that this this was. It, to me, it looks like a, like amateur hour. Uh, you know, like like hey, you just decided like hey, let's let you know let's come up with this this idea and let's do it without really thinking your way through it.
4: Well, and also I, I, this just came to mind. If it was if he did pay by cash, that would show us. That this was a well thought out plan. Right. Now, was it a good plan? No, but, but it, but it, it would right. require some time to acquire a hundred thousand in cash. Unless, right. uh, unless this guy just had a suitcase of it or a briefcase of it in, uh, at just sitting at home. But it, it, it seems to me that if the picture was scratched, Right, you know, at the sort of last second, there wouldn't have been enough time to acquire a hundred thousand dollars in cash between the right. time of the pitcher being scratched and the time uh, before first
6: pitch. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because you're right. We don't have. You know, nobody has that much just laying around. I mean, they, they, they really don't. And now I don't know if there. again, I don't, I've never bet big amounts of money. So I don't know if there's a way you can go to a casino and say, you know, have a card or whatever it may be. And you go to the to the window and say, listen, I, I'm going to be putting a big bet. You know, I need to get this amount or whatever. I, I don't know how you do it. But no, I mean, I think you think this, you've got to think that out. Because, again, you don't have that just laying around. And um, and and so no, it, it's I don't know it's it, it's something to me that's a, a
2: plan. Yeah, you guys make a good point there. Hey, uh, Steve, can you hang on another break? We want to talk to you about the situation yeah. at Northwestern. Okay. Good yeah. Time. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're we're laying the real easy stuff on Steve Irvin today. <laughs> You're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley
1: Sansing Union Home Mortgage. This is the Big Noon Sports Network.
4: Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa. Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Head. So, uh, that's that, just a that, coincidence. Well, yeah, that, w- that would suggest that it at least warrants further investigation. I guarantee you that these players are telling, uh, uh have told investigators that they believe that Fitzgerald exactly knew what was going on. Uh, it, it was so widespread. It's in the locker room. You can't tell me that one kid wouldn't come and tell something to a, an assistant coach, who or a trainer, or all his support staff. They that 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 wouldn't get back to the head coach. I, I really have a hard time believing that.
6: Well, and they they also said there was whiteboards that had had some sort of message on them of of, of the hazing. You know, we're we're in the locker room and 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 in the in the facility which he, he knew about it i mean come on and, and I, I you know i think the problem with this and i think the reason this still goes on is it's just, just such a um hey this is what we've always done you know this is this is who we are you know i think you know obviously i mean pat Fitzgerald played a long time and and he you know well it happened to me so you know this is what we do you know i know you don't have to do that i mean that's just that that's silly but there's still so much of that, that that it's um it's just part of it, and it's a part that, that you know I'm afraid that we're never gonna completely get rid of it, you know. Uh, and and you know I was thinking about that earlier. I was thinking about this earlier. Is 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 yes, this is extreme, and yes, what they're doing is extreme, and and you know and 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 cr- and criminal. But there's so much that we just kind of laugh at, sort of hazing things, you know. You'll see. People talk about, you know, uh, you know the, the old tradition or the tradition in the NFL or, or, you know, professional sports where, you know, you take the rest of your receivers out and you spend, you know, $75,000 on dinner and ha-ha, we did that, you know. I mean, just, just little hazing things that, that are, um, that, yeah, they're not as, you know, not certainly as bad as this, but, but we laugh about that stuff. You know, like it's funny that, that, you know, we're doing it, you know, that we're hazing these people. And it's not, I mean, it's not funny, but, but, you know, you get cases like this and to really show that it's not funny. And, and we, you know, we, we need to stop it somehow. And, and the way to stop it is, is to, to do, you have bring criminal charges against people that, you know, that's, that are proven to do these things. And, you know, I don't know if that'll ever happen or not.
2: It's all very, very difficult to believe, but uh, we're certainly living in it right now. Steve, um, appreciate all you're doing. You keep us, uh, keep us in mind as to what the future holds for you. Will you? Oh,
6: you keep me in mind. I I enjoy this, and uh, let's keep doing
2: this. All right, all right. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you guys. You bet. Steve Irvine, longtime sports writer and a darn good fellow at that. Hey, when we get back, i got to talk to you, Lars, about the home run derby, the original one. And believe it or not, I don't think I watched this, but it was really cool. I watched the reruns. And you don't have to be a baseball fan or anything to understand how cool this was back in 1960. Yeah, I was about three, I think. Anyway, you're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sandsing, Union Home Mortgage.
1: Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine
0: this afternoon. The high today, 93. The sky clear tonight, the low at 71. Or tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, hot, and humid. Just a small chance of an afternoon shower or storm. The high at 95. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 88 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: All righty then, we'll wrap up uh, the hour, the show, the Tuesday on Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sensing Union Home Mortgage. Lars, in uh, in in your life of uh, watching, do you watch older TV? Um, I've watched a lot of Andy Griffith. I think I live in, I'd like to live in Mayberry. But uh, (laughs) back in 59, 60, and 61, Shell Oil presented with your host, Mark Scott. Uh, They would have one-on-one, two players from the major league, have an individual home run derby. It was immensely popular for the day. Some of the participants were Henry the Hammer Aaron, Mickey Mantle, Harmon Killebrew. Ernie Banks, Frank Robinson, Rocky Colavito—always liked him. But they would pair off and they would hit home runs. Uh, they had an umpire they would call them strikes, so they know when to hit and all that kind of stuff. But that was the original home run derby, and it's probably just because I'm, you know, I'm getting kids out of my front yard. But I like that version a lot better. This, j- just in the—it's it, too theatrical for me. You know the reasons you don't watch it
4: is that one of them. Uh, yeah, and it's just it just doesn't seem I I, I it just doesn't interest me. I, I don't really it just doesn't seem like a a real event. And you know it's it's cool it was cool the first few times I saw it. Like you know to see these guys hit these moonshots over the fence. But then it just, uh, I don't know. It, 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 kind of becomes a little tedious to me. But yeah, that, that original, uh, home run derby, um, I think it originally aired in 1960. And it was from, uh, uh, the Wrigley Field in Los Angeles. And that was the home of the, um, Pacific Coast League Los Angeles Angels. And it, you're right. So it was, it was televised, it was live. Uh, had nine innings, and so it was just two guys right going against each other. And anything other than a home run or a pitch taken that was called a strike was an out. The winner of uh, of the contest received two thousand. The loser got a thousand bucks, and any player who hit three consecutive homers took five hundred dollars. And guess how long the filming of the show lasts. Thirty minutes, oh, <laughs> thirty yeah. minutes, thirty minutes, and Instead of an uh, hour, what was it? Yeah, then, like, three hours. And, it? Yeah, and in the first show uh, in April of 1960, Mickey Mantle defeated Willie Mays nine to eight, and then uh, in subsequent battles, Mantle defeated Ernie Banks and Jackie Jensen, and then in Game Four, he lost to Harmon Killebrew. Um and then Kilbrew defeated Rocky Calavito and Ken Boyer. But then guess who took out Killibrew in game seven? May. Your guy. Hen- Henry Aaron. The hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and but actually he didn't win at all. I I got that wrong. Aaron had defeated Jim Lemon, Eddie Matthews, who Eddie Matthews, by the way, he was the person who was on the very first cover of sports illustrated back in that 1951 so um but so henry aaron defeated jim lemon eddie matthews al Kaline, duke snyder and bob allison and then in the very last in game 13 the final game wally post took down aaron by a score of seven to three that how could how could, hank aaron, how could how could hank aaron only hit three home runs In nine inning, and yeah, I I don't. You would. Who knows? By that, by that time, he was probably tired.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like a lot of the guys got last night. But uh, I always liked it if I could find it on. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, like to go back and watch that. But um, I'll be dialed in tonight, and I'll be watching uh, all the Braves that are present. There eight going to be at the actual site in Seattle. Uh three will start. It's um it's a very, very cool thing. And it's also just fine. Uh it's appointment television for me. Um although I will say this. I'll I'll slip off to church first but then come back. But um is it do you clear your calendar or you just have it on in the background or do you even do that? I don't even do that.
4: But uh it's interesting just I can't get off of this home run derby. Um, so the players were selected. If you hit 25 or more home runs in the 1959 season, you got to participate in the home run derby. Guess how many players hit 25 or more home runs in 1959? 1959. Um, 18. Very good. Close. Uh, 20. Yeah. So, uh, really interesting. <laughs> I mean, how many guys hit 25 or more
2: home runs now? Uh, quite a few. Oh, well, it's because it's, it's home run ball. We don't play small ball much anymore. Yeah. I'm just very curious um, about Wally Post. That's not a home run hitting Hall of Famer that I normally think about. Yeah, Wally, He sounds like a sitcom actor. <laughs> Uh, well,
4: he won. He was the original winner. Um, so
2: there you have it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Indeed, um, Lars, did you see where your uh, your buddy Dylan Riola, who's headed to is it Buford, Georgia? Buford, Georgia. Uh, he, he swapped high schools so he could get closer to Georgia. We were talking about this yesterday. Did you see where his? Um, Ratings as a quarterback dropped. Does it really matter now?
4: Yeah. He did. He suddenly become worse because he didn't uh, win MVP at Elite Eleven.
2: <laughs> I think what uh, they did is they, another guy went over him. This Jeremiah Smith uh, is now the nation's number one recruit on the worst. updated on three industry rankings.
4: Where's he committed to?
2: Uh Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, it
4: makes sense. Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia have, what, the top three guys.
2: So um, it's just the rich get richer. Yeah. Yep. And who called that shot? Nick Saban. He absolutely did. Um, yep. That's, that's where that's we are right at. now. All right. Uh, we'll go back to uh, travel Strange things that happened to you while traveling. We bring this up because Billy Herschel, Horschel, uh, Masters winner, right? Uh, yes. He was going to Scotland to play in the Scottish Open. And he went to the counter of 6th, I think it's pronounced, the uh, rental agency there. And they said they would not rent him a car because he was a professional athlete. First of all, is a golfer an athlete? Absolutely. Okay. Just just, just to throw that out there. Uh, and I could do a deep dive on that right now. But um, have you had uh, a rental car nightmare except other than getting off the plane and it being closed? I think that's probably happened to all of us that uh, have traveled yeah. a little bit. But um, uh, Ever lose your luggage,
4: Lars? No. I always carry it on. Always. Okay.
2: Yeah, um, Somebody uh, was traveling, I think, to the John Deere, and they lost his golf clubs. Yeah. I don't know who it was. Uh, it was I like think a, that's a, a happened Monday a It's a Monday qualifier. Times. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh,
4: you know, when I was, was on the road so much, my, the least favorite part of the trip was always the rental car bus ride. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just like you're there. You're tired, and you're so close, but you're yet so far away. And then there are some airports. Uh, I, I mean, the one that jumps to mind is Dallas Fort Worth. You're on the rental car bus for a good like it seems like a half hour. It is so far away that that airport is is absolutely ginormous. Um, yeah. Another long bus ride is at, it I remember is at, at Phoenix International. Um, all but, right. I got to uh, give
2: you a quick story. I got to interrupt. Yep, right, Real car story. You remember back in the day, you would travel like uh, across the continent. You would actually change airlines. You know, you'd have an American to here and then you'd, you'd pick up a, a Eastern from somewhere else. So we were not going to make it from one pod to the other. It was just not going to happen. We were too late coming in. Um, and this woman sitting next to us said, look, I'm, ha- I have a driver. I have a car. They're picking me up. And we can run you over there. And we you can make your flight. This woman is just unbelievably nice. So David Morris, the photographer, and I are sitting out there in front of their pod waiting on some car from some lady we didn't know who was obviously a Samaritan. She's This car, we could see it speeding right towards us, and it kind of screeches to a halt right in front of us. It was a Rolls Royce. She was sitting in the back. She put us, our camera gear, everything in the back seat, and took us to the northwestern pot or whatever that was. Oh wow! My uh, first and only time to ride in a Rolls. Nah, I've never first been, been in a two Rolls. In your garage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, happy Tuesday to everybody. We'll do this again tomorrow. You just say Brando's going to be with us tomorrow.
4: Yeah, Tim Brando, right. one fifteen tomorrow. All
2: right. Good enough. Y'all have a great day.